We have to go back! Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And up in the sky, it's a bird. No, it's a plane. No, it's a meteor careening its way fastly, unrealistically even, just following you down this alley. What's it doing? What did you do to offend this meteor? No, it's actually the 1993 movie, The Meteor Man. Oh, The Meteor Man. Uh, so we are reviewing this movie for a variety of reasons. You take your pick. Uh, Thunder Force is making its way to Netflix uh, now or very recently or in the past as well. <laughs> as <laughs> And Jupiter's Legacy, the trailer for that also coming to Netflix. Re- that just yeah, uh, that pick one. Whichever so one tastes pick the reasons. best. Uh, And so we decided to take a look at this movie, and there is an amazing amount of history and backstory that goes into this movie that was so difficult to find, almost as difficult as it was to find this movie online. (laughs) Yeah, this, I I think this is the hardest movie to find uh, that we have Mm -hmm. ever reviewed. Yeah, Um, I mean, even Darkman was way easier to (laughs) find. Yeah, typically we try to find some streaming options, or if we need to, we'll go to a store and buy a physical copy of a movie. But this movie was streaming in zero places. Uh, Just for good measure, we had to scrub our internet uh, history browsers and physical devices just to make sure that the places on the internet that we went to to find this movie didn't give our computers cooties. We don't like doing it that way, but we had to see the Meteor Man. We had to see the Meteor Man. So if you are unfamiliar with Meteor Man, not Meteor Man, but the Meteor Man, let me take you back to a time known as 1993. Uh, so the synopsis for the movie is a high school teacher from a troubled inner city Washington, D.C. neighborhood becomes a superpowered hero and takes on the gang that's been terrorizing his streets. But let's go a little bit further back. So Robert Townsend is an amazing figure that not a lot of people really know about, but I he he has such a special place in my heart. Uh, he is known best for me um, in his role in Hollywood Shuffle, which is a 1987 film uh, written by Robert Townsend and his partner at the time, Keenan Ivory Wayans, uh, which is a humorous take on the struggles of being a young black actor trying to make it in Hollywood. Uh, when that movie kind of took off, uh, that was kind of his really big break into the industry. And Robert Townsend went on to do a couple of other pieces. Um, he did an HBO special called Robert Townsend and his partners in crime. Uh, he is also uh, directed the concert film Eddie Murphy raw and uh, the five heartbeats, which was um about the rise and fall of a 60s R&B group in 1991. So um, in an interview, um, he said this. I had finished off five heartbeats and I was trying to think about what I want to do next. I was talking to my nephew and asked him what costume he was going to wear. I asked him if he was going to be Superman or Spider-Man. He's like six or seven years old and he says, well, I can't be them because they're white. And I was like, whoa, I never watched television with a prejudiced eye, but he had a certain lens where he saw limitations. That kind of started the journey of me thinking that kids of color need their own superhero. That is a hero who is everybody, but 
they can more relate to that hero in case they couldn't see the things that I saw in Superman and Spider-Man. So that was um, an interview during, uh, I want to say that happened back in 1990. Uh, And so that's the journey to make this movie. And um, it's, it's, it's very, very fascinating because uh, you can tell there are several pieces of Marvel influence in this movie, uh, right down to the costume. If you look back at the gray suit and green color scheme, uh, raises the glasses, you can tell that there is a iteration of Captain Marvel. Before the title went to Carol Danvers, uh, there is a suit that looks almost exactly like the Meteor Man uh, suit. Uh, but the similarities don't end there. Not only did he create the story of me- the Meteor Man, there was also a limited six-series Marvel comic issue release of Meteor Man as a comic book. So there's also a comic book spinoff uh, that was in the works. And, and he actually got to meet Spider-Man in those episodes. Yeah. And it was just like, I'm yeah. like, Robert Townsend, you just continue to live the life I wish I lived. <laughs> Uh, and so this was a huge undertaking. This movie uh, was just massive. According to an interview, because there's not a ton of information out there about this movie officially, uh, but there, in an interview with um, the LA Times, Robert Townsend said that this movie was a $20 million movie. Whoa. Uh, and according to the box office, it made $8 million in the box office, so it did not do well. But that's not from a lack of effort. I just, I just, I'm rooting for this movie because not only did they have a comic book, they also had a novelization of this book. There were action figures, and there were plans to make this into like a really big series. Originally, in the original script, there was a plan to find a bigger meteorite that gave meteorite man his abilities. There's always a bigger meteorite. There's always a bigger meteorite uh, to uh, absorb the powers and have him continue to go on Mm. as a character. But uh, alas, that was um, more or less the last that we really have heard of meteor man as he he came into existence and left as mysteriously in 1993 slash 1994 um so that is kind of where we're at and then we reviewed this movie because i remember this movie from my childhood oh so you had seen this before only part of it so uh my parents rented this movie i'm assuming in 1994 because that's how uh, movies were rolled out whenever a movie came out into theaters it made its way to vhs typically about a year later so i'm assuming my parents watched this in 1994 and they're watching it and that scene where he gets smashed by this meteor mm. uh, was the scene that absolutely haunted and terrified me Pretty like as graphic. soon as he mm-hmm. as soon as he got hit i was like i remember covering my eyes and i remember like looking between my fingers and seeing him in a hospital and just kind of, you know, jotting off to my room. Like I remember <laughs> physically where I was. Well, I remember. enough of this, I think. <laughs> and so that was my only memory of uh, the meteor man. And so I, cause I knew that that was from that movie. Cause that was like the V the uh, VHS cover. Uh, I remember and it. And also because I don't think there are any other movies where people full on get hit in the chest with a meteor. No, no. And I mean, 
And and I really felt like they had some just real makeup talent because, like, I remember thinking, oh, no, this is just really happening. Oh, no. Uh, so I finally saw past that scene and the rest of the movie. I'm like, oh, OK, I get it now. Uh, so that was my only memory of it. But man, oh, man, did I I had a surprising amount of fun with this movie. Uh, and it's I wish I mean, it's very similar to Blank Man, uh, which is a, the movie that I think this movie gets confused with, uh, because especially in the 90s, uh, there weren't a lot of um, superhero movies that were of this caliber or telling this story of like, what if uh, a black superhero came to be kind of in today's modern era? Because the movie does one of my favorite things that any movie from the past does, which is uh, tell you what location it is and then tell you when it is Washington, D.C. Now. Now, exclamation mark, <laughs> italicized. And so I, I appreciate that. And so, um, and, and but there are so many differences between uh, this movie and uh, Blank Man. And I, I'm excited to talk more into that. But before we do, Grayson, I want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, was this your first time watching this movie? It was. Yeah, this was my first time watching the movie. And I think it took me as long as the movie to find the movie. Um, that, and that's the thing about the research that you did and the notes that you're sharing. The fandom uh-huh. for this movie and the enthusiasm from the people that have seen it far outweighs its accessibility. It's crazy to me that a movie that has this much support is so difficult to find. Yeah. Um, so my hope is that this movie can become more mainstream and really have some kind of renaissance. Uh, but I loved this movie. I really enjoyed it. I mainly was just blown away by the cast. Um, so you have you have so many great actors in here. And so you know, Robert Townsend really is at the oh, forefront of a lot of this as the writer, director, and actor. Um, but I mean, James Earl Jones is hilarious in it. You got uh, Robert Guillaume, which is great to see the two of them together. It's like Lion King. It's like Lion King. Um Mufasa and Rafiki just hanging out in DC. Yep. Um, I'm just jumping headcanon. Uh, but I uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought the the message was really great. I don't want to double dip too much my reasons to recommend, but when I you know when I saw it for the first time here, I was just blown away that I hadn't seen it before or hadn't really heard anyone talk about it before. Because I've this is one of those where I've seen the VHS cover. Um, and just never saw the movie. Uh, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I was, I'd say, pleasantly surprised. Because when you think early 90s superhero movies of any type, you're like, oh boy, buckle up. Uh, but it was actually really great. And uh, right. yeah, I had a great time watching it. And I just, I loved the villains, <laughs> to be honest. Because... I like that there's there's like a pecking order oh, in the village. Man. We have what they call Oof. well, there's the Golden Lords, which are like the main yep. bad group. But then they they mentor yes. the Junior Lords. But in entry level is Baby Lords, and they wear these really like cute suits. Yeah, which you know you would think, oh, this is kind of like a you know a 
a, a pecking order of like a, a legitimate organization. No, like that's yeah. like a like, like the baby yeah. lords are actually like children. Like Cub Scouts, <laughs> boys, and the junior. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's exactly like that. And it it was fascinating. And and I just want to go back to the cast real quick. Let me tell you, like you also have Marla Gibbs, Sinbad, uh, all. You have Luther Vandross, who has no lines in the movie. Uh, Big Daddy Kane, another bad creation. Cypress Hill, Naughty by Nature, and jazz singer Nancy Wilson. And uh, Cypress Hill and Naughty by Nature are playing uh, like the Crips and the Bloods, like in the movie. And then they have like a, a proper, like really cool character arc. It's amazing, like the amount of people. Like, if you're playing 90s black celebrity bingo, you could win a couple times just by seeing who was in this movie. Like, and even an uncredited, oh. uh, no, I think he is credited, an uh, oh. unseen Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker is the voice of the MC in the mall. Mm-hmm. Whenever uh, Eddie Griffin, uh, play, who played the character Michael, uh, pretends to be Meteor Man in the movie, <laughs> you have Chris Tucker. I'm like, wait a second, that's Chris Tucker. Uh, and you just, I mean, it's just, it's incredible. And and, uh, and, and I know we kind of teased it when we were talking about the movie last time, but Don Cheadle was in this movie playing Goldilocks. And he, it's just, it's just, it's beautiful world building. The world building that they do in this movie, I just had so much fun. Yeah, with. I mean, you've you've seen Don Cheadle and stuff, but you've never really seen Blonde Cheadle, <laughs> and that is a whole different level. Very true, very true. Yeah. Now, because- now there is. Um, <clears throat> I just I feel like we we, we got to call it out mm-hmm. here, and then we're going to move on from it. Yep. Uh, but Bill Cosby's also in this yes. movie, and let me just say. Uh, seeing Cosby making people do things against their will really does not play in 2021. He's in it. We're going to move on from it. He's not coming back for the reboot. Um, so. No. And Wallace Shawn is in this. How delightful. Yes. See, I planned that. Well, uh, good. Yeah. Well, well, good. Yeah. <laughs> Who says unbelievable twice, very closely together. And you know like, oh, they wanted oh, him to say inconceivable. Uh-huh. You know. What is this going to say? Yeah unbelievable man so before we go too much into our reactions of this movie i do just in case you haven't seen this because of how inaccessible it is i do just kind of want to cover some of the major plot uh so jefferson reed uh is a mild manner school teacher a substitute school teacher in a neighborhood terrorized by gang activity specifically uh the lords or the golden lords so jeff tries to help a woman who is being mugged by two kids like actual children apparently trying to get into the golden lords the most powerful of the local criminals which has member groups even amongst toddlers termed baby lords uh the woman flees but the entire gang shows up and proceeds to chase jeff he hides into a dumpster for hours uh after leaving the dumpster he spots a falling meteor and tries to run away but his life has changed dramatically uh when he basically the meteor like pushes into his physical human body and he just like absorbs it uh and 
when he wakes in the hospital, realizes that the effects of the meteor gave him a number of different powers, which, you know, some people would just gloss over them. But it's the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. We're going to go through every single one of them. He has. Yeah. So- and, well, and if I could just tee it up, you may be thinking, like, why meteor man? Well, yeah, I got hit by the meteor, but he also he, he can absorb knowledge, see through walls and talk to dogs just like a meteor. So. <laughs> yeah. All these, Riddle solved. These are all things meteors can do. Superhuman strength and speed and hearing flight, x-ray vision or laser vision, depending on, um, you know, where you're from. Super breath, invulnerability, telekinesis, healing powers, weather manipulation, ability to communicate with dogs, temporarily absorb books content via osmosis, and nothing else. Uh, just like a meteor. And uh, he decides to don a superhero identity, Meteor Man, and he uses his powers to fight crime. Great montage getting the suit as well. His his mom makes his costume for him. Uh, That's the thing. This character is just so likable that you want him to succeed from the very beginning. Absolutely. Yeah. And so kind of getting into our reactions as a whole, I, you know, we reviewed uh blank man over on the retro movie roundtable if you haven't listened to that head on over there and give them a listen tell them that flashback flicks sent you uh and that movie also has like such a great level of love and appreciation for um superheroes and i felt like whereas that movie came from a real love of batman and the uh batman tv show and wanting to be like batman with gadgets and bat caves and everything like that whereas this one really was a love letter to superman and spider-man and uh kind of like those dualities that kind of connected community and connected family because uh I felt like it kind of showed a different side to that superhero story that we don't really uh, see as much in a lot of superhero stories, which is uh, how how would you how would your family, how would your neighborhood react if they knew that you had superpowers? And that was one of my favorite beats that they kept on hitting on <laughs> just like the community center was like oh he can do this you know what you need to be doing is you need to be uh patrolling <laughs> like we want you to do these things patrol three times a week and we're gonna get you a phone line that anyone can access and uh i just really appreciated that because like that that all tracked for me i'm like if i had superpowers and my mom knew she would be telling everyone absolutely everyone there would be no secret identity uh and and i thought that that was really cool it's just like oh yeah like if superman like told his parents hey yeah i'm superman can do all these things if smallville wasn't such a small town i feel like everyone would know that he's superman it's like hey soups i'm moving this week would you mind helping out (laughs) like i feel like that would be the thing that would happen. And so I really appreciate how they kind of took this uh, larger-than-life uh, superhero and put him in this really small uh, community that he was directly affected by. And I, and I mm-hmm. love that. And I think that uh, even r- right down to how he reacted to his superpowers, where he just flew so low to the ground that they said, I wonder when he's going to get over his fear of heights. Because <laughs> he has a fear of 
right? So he's just flying like on like street level, or just hovering. Yeah. Hovering right above the ground. And I'm like, I love this movie so much. Yeah, the the hovering's a good bit. Um I love the community aspect as well. I it's it makes me wonder what would happen if the same thing had happened with Spider-Man. Like if he was the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, how they would react. But in uh, you know, Jefferson's case, mm-hmm. you know, he has great power right. and he doesn't have the choice really for the great responsibility part. The community says, you're going to do this. Um, but because of that, and spoiler alert for when you eventually find the movie, uh, the community comes alongside him eventually and they they fight together which i think is such a strong cathartic close to this story so i uh i just think it has so many things that it does well but that list of powers it was like always discovering a new power just like a meteor just like a meteor <laughs> talk to dogs yeah classic meteor classic That's meteor classic. i also uh I, you know this comes from a very specific time in cinema where um a movie would just end when the problem was solved and <laughs> yeah. it's it's one of those it's one of those yep. but i like i unironically really enjoyed this movie and it, it got nominated for a saturn award i mean obviously um, for in 94 the next year and it had some tough competition it i mean it lost to it got nominated for best science fiction film it lost to jurassic park um so but i mean you don't have like second place but i gotta think it beat out robocop 3 in its category mm-hmm. so if you want to see a movie that's maybe not as acclaimed as jurassic park but better than robocop 3 i mean take a couple hours and find meteor man and then take a hundred minutes to watch it yeah and and if you if you find yourself hearing this and thinking wow i I would really love to see robert townsend in a suit uh and love to see how he would deal with his superpowers well all you have to do is just you know go to disney plus and watch him in the disney channel original movie up up and away Oh, so Robert Townsend uh, directs this movie and also stars in it. And it's a movie all about um, how his son um, is the only normal member of a super powered family. And he feels left out and confused until he has a chance to use a talent of his own to save everyone. And so it's uh, if, if you want that, you can have that. On Disney Plus. Oh, that, that's Go good. get that. Up, up, and away. Uh, up, up, and away. All one word. Okay. Yeah. yeah I was up, just going to watch down, down, Up left, twice right, left, right, and then a movie called Away. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I I have to ask, Ricky. Maybe you found this in your research. Oh, yeah. Um, but the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I, I could have sworn a couple times I was hearing the Back to the Future soundtrack. <laughs> yes. And in the fight at the end, I think I heard the Hook soundtrack. Yeah. So I, I don't know what to make of that. Yeah. I, I don't know. Definitely heard some uh, similar scoring. Um, I think the um, it was composed by Cliff Eidelman. Uh, and if you like get the soundtrack, there are 38 tracks to it. Um, and it's like a proper like symphonic soundtrack there's also 
the uh, the other B side of the soundtrack, which is like the traditional '90s, 2000s. This movie has a soundtrack, and it's basically another opportunity to release like these new popular songs. So uh, I'm pretty sure that is surprisingly more accessible maybe than the the movie itself because I'm seeing several references to the soundtrack. People are like, oh, yeah, you want the soundtrack? You can listen to it on Amazon. And so oh, covers of the greatest Hollywood scores <laughs> of all time. Uh, you know, it maybe it was a subconscious thing because I thought I heard the Back to the Future soundtrack when he flies for the first time. And he's on the light post, and they think he's a peeping Tom, and then they chase him with a baseball bat, Yep, which has like three layers of Back to the Future in it right there. Yeah. And then I thought I heard the Hook soundtrack when they were having the sword fight with the PVC. Why did I emphasize PVC like that? PVC pipe. Um, and so maybe maybe that's just my own brain. Yep. Um, yeah. Classic Idleman. You know, that is actually a result from watching the movie, the movie actually has trace amounts of meteorite uh, <sighs> shrapnel fragments in it. So, oh, I see. It carries. Just like a meteor, I can identify popular music. Just like a meteor. Just like it. Meteors are a small body of matter from outer space that enters the Earth's atmosphere, becoming incandescent as a result of friction or appearing as a streak of light, which I think is... Very fascinating because that sounds an awful lot like a head cannon. Head cannon. Meteors. Space's head cannon. Head cannon is a part of the show where we share with you unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Oh, Grayson. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited about this because here's what we have. We have a lot of material to work with. We have an officially canonized Marvel superhero. Who actually derives their power from a green rock oh. and exists in the same world as Spider-Man, mm-hmm. which connects him to all the other Avengers, right? as well as all the other guardians of the galaxy, if mm-hmm. you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Meteor Man is this universe's Superman. Now, I'm no, I'm going to have a lot of angry people saying, oh, actually, the Marvel Superman is none other than Google's it, Google's it, Google's it, Hyperion? I just can't remember the name, but I knew it was someone who I was looking for. Hyperion? Hyperion's actually supposed to be more in line with that. Yeah, 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 sure, 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 sure. But, you know, uh, that's my headcanon. Uh, and I also think that... Um, his origin tracks well because of like, okay, um, instead of him crash landing, the meteorite or the meteor crash lands gives him powers. Then his mom makes him a suit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as far as I know, everyone around him lives. And so that's just like Superman for the most part, depending on which continuity you're listening to. So yeah. I, there it is. Uh, I also, <laughs> Just like a meteor, uh, want to put this uh, in the uh, moviverse of Blink Man. Um, I, I mean, granted, they're they're just in two different cities, but I want to say that they exist together because ultimately, what I really want to see is something that I'll say for uh, recast and remake. But 
you know, if they do exist in the same universe, then you also have the same dynamic team up possible. So that is mm, what mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I am putting out there. Headcanon. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I had the same headcanon that the meteor was from Krypton uh, and it blew up, hit him in the chest. Yep. Yeah, yeah, super yeah, now. Super now. Um, I also had a headcanon that ties it into a superhero universe that is also grounded in some reality. Um, and that is that Lewis Williams, the kid who got injured uh, at the beginning when he got in the fight at school and all that, he's really Elijah Price, a.k.a. Mr. Glass. Because oh. he got hurt just from like being pat on the shoulder. So Wow. He's Mr. Glass. Oh. Imagine the trajectory his life could have had if he met a real-life superhero as a child. Wow, that's really good. And this this isn't headcanon, it's just a fun little fact. Um, so uh, Robert Townsend named uh, his character's real identity, Jefferson Reed, after his childhood heroes, his favorite teacher. His favorite teacher's name is Jefferson Reed. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. And so hmm. by logic of that, going back into headcanon, uh, the real life Jefferson Reed has to be a superhero. It's, you know, just. It's a biopic. It's a biopic. Hmm. And it was snubbed by the Oscars. And a little bit by the Saturn Awards. <laughs> I guess they like Jurassic Park better. Yeah, if you're into that kind of stuff. I mean, are they really in the same category? <laughs> I will say, there was something fishy about that awards season, Ricky, if I may. The other movies that were nominated alongside them. So it was Meteor Man, Jurassic Park, RoboCop 3, Fire in the Sky, Fortress, Demolition Man, and Man's Best Friend. That's a lot of man in there. You got Meteor Man, Demolition Man, Man's Best Friend. Oh. And then ultimately the dinosaurs won. Chaos finds a way. You know, for someone who's never seen the Saturn Awards, um, I don't think they televised them. But we talk a lot about them. We do. Saturn Award, if you want to fall into our orbit, uh, could, could we win something? Is that an option for us? Or or attend whatever yeah. meeting you have. Yeah. Or just be in the Zoom call. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, Grayson. Oh, my goodness. I think there's a meteor heading our way. Duck. Oh, so sorry. I'm so sorry. Wrong wrong it was just a smudge on my on my little screen uh actually now we're just gonna go, go to the part of the show where we like to talk about recast and remakes. remake if this movie were to be made today who would you cast what the storyline be i am going to do I, listen i'm just gonna have the most fun with this casting mm-hmm. uh one of my favorite people just to see on screen has to be damon wayans jr mm-hmm. uh i think that he would do really great i would love to see that uh i would also love to see donald glover mm-hmm. um in this role i think that that uh, just basically just imagine if they just turned atlanta into a superhero show just for no like just three seasons in they just turn it into a superhero show that is what i would love to see because i feel like that would be great like just like 
you just ground it in that reality of just like, oh, yeah, he has superpowers and like no one really cares or they kind of care, but just a little bit like he's no different than just being a celebrity. I haven't seen the boys, but maybe that's what it the show's kind of about or like it's, yeah it's a little bit of that yeah yeah, yeah. so so i i that's that's who i would like to see uh i also would love for robert townsend to just basically you know make a uh uh i would love for him to pull and i'm just gonna be i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go full nerd i just want you to just brace yourself so in the iteration of Power Rangers, call it Power Rangers Dino Thunder, Tommy Oliver, the same Tommy Oliver from the original Mighty Morphin era, uh, was just grown up. He's just like an adult now and he's a professor. And then he ultimately kind of helps lead and train this new group of Power Rangers. And so it's like really cool because you have someone who used to be a superhero kind of mentoring and men uh, mentoring the new generation of people. I would love for him to do that uh and basically like another meteor happens and he's like it's my time to shine and he basically like uh, tries to go find the meteor to become a hero again but ultimately someone else gets hit by it and they don't know and so he kind of mentors them so that uh uh you basically have this series called the meteor man meteor shower nice and basically it becomes this thing where uh, not only one person uh, got hit by the meteor, but several people. And so now you have to deal with, uh, you know, good versus bad or just like who's going to be the one who rises as uh, the champion of Meteor Man. And I think that that would be really interesting. I would also love to see this as a series or a video game uh, where you either play. OK, so there's this new game that uh, it might not be a new game but it's new to me called dead by dawn and it's kind of like a slasher film homage video game where you either play as uh the the slasher like jason type character or um you play as the people who are trying to hide and basically make it to dawn and survive uh it's kind of like a, a high stakes hide and seek if you will um, but I would love for that to be the video game where you play as the meteor or the people who don't get hit. <laughs> you just like this little sentient meteor just don't trying to find people. <laughs> and then uh, you're just a person trying to avoid well, being I think hit you by could the meteor. Combine those ideas to the idea of the video game um and the meteor shower idea because if you had a group of people that have been hit with powers uh we found out in the movie that you can absorb the meteor power from other people that have the meteor powers so you could go around and absorb the power from other people which would make you twice as strong but at the same time there's also competitors that are doing the same thing so you have to mm. absorb faster than the others Oh, kind of like the one. Yep, it's exactly. It's Jet Li's the one. Yep. Oh yeah, I love that. Well, you know, it's except you have to cross different timelines of existence in order to to do that. But yeah, I meteor shower. You like that? Yeah, because <laughs> meteor shower, or uh, you know, I think that they could easily just turn this animated. Because I don't know who owns the rights. If my you know, it would be my guess that Disney probably owns at least half of this concept now. 
but I really think that uh, making a comeback for Meteor Man uh, would be really great. Even if they animated it and made it almost like a Darkwing Duck mm-hmm. type tone of, uh, you know, he's this superhero that could hang with everyone, but no one really <laughs> gives him the respect that he deserves. I kind of like that yeah. approach. Uh, kind of like what Booster Gold is in the DC universe. I think that that would be fun. It'd be like, guys, I can do like some pretty cool things. Like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever, Meteor Man. It's like, oh. But I, I, I just think that uh, I think that his uh, personality was just so great, and he was just such a believable everyman who, um, you know, he, he still had the the kind of Peter Parker energy of like, well, I got to do the right thing, but I also have bills to pay. Uh, and I just really, really enjoyed him. So I, I, I'd love to see him figure out, like, okay, like, what do I do? It would be really interesting to see a Bandersnatch mm. version of this movie of, like, okay, great. Well, you're a superhero. What do you yeah. decide to do? Like, do you I, – I think that would be really cool to see if he does become a hero or if this is, like, a supervillain yeah, storyline. good or evil. Of, we could uh, also discover different powers based yeah. on what situations you're in. Because he may have undiscovered powers, um, like he never tried to walk on oh, yeah. water or anything I mean, like that. He may be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, most meteors can do that. So I feel like mm-hmm. he's just meteor things. He could probably breathe in space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meteors. So have much lungs. undiscovered country there. Yeah, I totally agree that whoever plays this character has to be extremely relatable and likable. Uh, so for my recasting, I chose an actor that has some experience already playing substitute teachers. Keegan Michael Key. <laughs> yes. I think Keegan Michael yes. Key would be great. I want Jordan Peele to direct it. I think it could have a darker yeah. tone oh. as well <laughs> and play with that good and evil. Um, yeah. I mean, that's what I thought was going to happen when the fragment got collected. And uh, when we saw who it was, I was like, <laughs> okay, oh, buckle up. It didn't go that way. Um but you could easily make it uh, that power struggle, kind of like what you saw in the in the finale. So I would love for this to be a property like what Jordan Peele is doing with Candyman um, to absorb it uh, meteor style and really make this even just jumping to a sequel it doesn't even have to be a reboot. Yeah. Just do the sequel because then all the attention will be. Uh, push back onto this original film which is great uh, and then maybe it'll be on a reputable streaming source um <laughs> some kind of platform that people have heard of uh, yeah. but if they did do a sequel i think it'd be really interesting if it was uh, kind of fantastic four style and it's like a nasa mission and oh, it could even yeah. be like the the first all black nasa the first all black nasa mission and they go to that rock or whatever it is what's left of it and they absorb the powers and come back and then go home discover it and that's how you could have a meteor person meteor team in every major city uh and that's how you develop a franchise oh that's great meteor team i love te- that me team dear meet the me team yeah it does require some careful articulation though because uh i mean even just in auto correcting looking for meteor man um you could 
get a couple variations on that. So I, I, I'm looking. I'm looking for someone who really works out a lot. Yeah, not not yeah, meat. More meat than this. I need yes. a meatier man or a meat eater man is another variation. So. Yeah. That would yeah. be the villain. Carnivore would be the. <laughs> Did you mean carnivore? It's like no, nope. No, met, I really met didn't. the movie. All right, now we're going to go to our final segment where we like to give you reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend Meteor Man? I recommend Meteor Man because it's delightfully charming and uh, yet shockingly grounded. It uh, and not just because he flies low. Uh, it is a a really heartfelt superhero story from the early 90s and i feel like it's one of these hidden gems like i said i I wish i had seen it earlier it's got so many great actors and comedic moments but also superhero action in it Um, but ultimately the heart of this movie is the likability of jefferson reed and robert townsend's writing directing and performance of this character is uh, it is deceptively effortless you know what I mean? So like it that's the, the the artful nature of what he does is he seems like such a mild mannered nice guy um to where it doesn't feel like he's trying too hard. It it feels like he is just that character. I'm describing good acting, I think is what I'm doing. <laughs> um and it's great. You you're along for the ride, you buy into it, you you love the community, the family. You feel like you're part of the group there, and you champion him along. Um, and I think it's really telling that one of his defining moments is his car has been broken into. They stole his radio. They stole his bass, which was you know his, what he was really passionate about. He was a musician, which they don't explore a ton because the bass got stolen. But um, he was playing night gigs and stuff. The first thing he does after that is he recycles. He throws away some litter on the ground and cleans up the the street uh, and then stumbles across the Golden Lords. So I think he's a truly humble hero. And it's it's great to see a character that doesn't have to be so isolated. Like He has the best friend, the classic support that you get in superhero movies. But I think what makes this different is having the community that knows his identity and supports him sometimes misguided support but for the most part is there to champion him along and give him all the help he needs and that was really refreshing um i i love that the great responsibility part is just baked into this um if you have power what do you do with it um apply that to real world situations and that's what this movie does um and I think this really, especially the scene where he cleans up that uh, kind of wrecked car lot and creates the um, the farm there, what that reminded me of was the real-life superhero, in my opinion, Ron Finley, who is known as the Gangster Gardener. He really got a lot of notoriety when I was out in L.A., and now he's become more of an international uh, figure. But if you don't know who he is, that's her homework. Look him up. Um, but he is doing without superpowers, he is yep. doing what Jefferson Reed does in this movie, which is take a take what you have and make something beautiful out of it. Make something that benefits the community, help other people. And so I, I think that Meteor Man really is an allegory for what we can do, what everyone can do in their own community 
to make it a better place because the ultimate heroes of the story is everyone everyone mm -hmm. working together it's no one single person and I, I think that is such an important lesson yeah yeah i recommend this movie because it it really takes a lot of really cool elements that i think people celebrate other movies for and it kind of did it in 1993 uh speaking of that community piece it reminded me of the bugs life storyline of like hey listen like we're kind of under the thumb of this authority that we feel we can't do anything about but if we all unite together we can i'm just like oh my gosh like this is so great uh and it also just does that thing that i feel like superhero movies just do very well which is really inspire you to see the difference that you can make uh and i think that that's the uh you know uh scott from the nerd sync uh everything uh former podcast and current youtube channel he talked uh, i think he has described uh the best iterations of superman are when you see Superman interact with people and Superman makes you feel better about yourself. Uh, and uh, that that's what makes a good Superman. And uh, I think that that's really what, uh, you know, Meteor Man does is like it, Meteor Man makes you feel like, oh, yeah, like they're like you don't have to necessarily be able to do all of these uh, different things, even though he does like at the very end when he just like is having a fist fight with this like prominent gang member, like knowing that like he has zero ability to change kind of like anything. Like he's actually getting hurt and he just kind of like is essentially just facing down his bully. Uh, I'm just like, this is, this is such a powerful scene. Like, and I really, really loved it. So I fought my bully. No, not where I was going with it. Uh, but I, I do think that there's something to be said about superheroes being able to uh, inspire you uh, and make you want to be like the hero. And, uh, you know, it's cool to see a four hour cut of superheroes being awesome and them handling all of these really epic battles. But I also think that there's something to be said about the hero who is just trying to defend their immediate family. It, they're not fighting this bigger evil because the bigger evil is representative of their family. Uh, it's like, Oh, well, if I, ha if, if I don't stop the world from ending, then, you know, my family is part of that world. No, like he is fighting an immediate threat to his immediate community. And I thought that uh, that was really powerful and really cool to see. So I'd recommend it for yeah. that. And also just Robert Townsend's brilliance and heart uh, and to create a hero in a story that will um, far outlive him as, you know, just a legacy. Because I think Meteor Man is just a underrated and incredible uh hero um and i also think that this is just another testament to robert townsend's vision of um of being able to be the odd man out uh and i i've really i mean robert townsend really is just like a modern day superhero um to me uh and i love how his films are able to show um that when a meteor showers mm. that there's always an umbrella. It's going to destroy that umbrella. That doesn't tie into anything. I was just trying to end on the pun. Seriously, Robert Townsend is a gift, and I think that this movie is a great testament to that. So that's why I yeah. recommend it. 
No, I love that. And I don't know uh, what kind of interference he had from the studio when he made this or, or whatnot. But if there is ever a Robert Townsend's The Meteor Man, um, I have to believe it has three additional hours of Sinbad. Oh, yes. Because uh, he's only in two scenes. That day rate collection. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing during lunch today? Want to be in this movie? Yeah. Uh, but there's so much more to be discovered with the Meteor Man. I I feel like this is not the last we've seen of him. Yeah. No. Not if Disney has anything to say about it. Also, the, he was also on a show called uh, The Parenthood, which I just watched weekly. Uh, and it was just, it was good. It, it's like watching... Uh, Watching an old TV show that you used to watch, it's like, oh my gosh, you're there. Hey, I remember you. It's like, I grew up watching you. Huh. You know, I actually almost, I was in the same room as him during VidCon one year. It might have been the year that you went. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I'm having this non-podcast edited. That's good. Uh, we we should have gotten him... We should have asked him for DVDs of the movie. It would have saved us a lot of trouble this week. Yeah, where is this going to be streaming in a couple of years? And that is our review of the 1993 movie, The Meteor Man. Let us know what you remember about The Meteor Man on our social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are at Flashback Flicks, and it would mean so much to us if you could Leave us a rating review on your podcasting platform of choice uh, on a scale of one to five superpowers. Let's just mm. say you have one, just like a meteor, or five, just like a meteor. Um, <laughs> uh, let us know how you rate this podcast. You know what's been stuck in my head all week, Ricky? Hmm. Lyric from All Star, where it says the meteor man begged to differ. I know it's medium man. The medium man begged to differ, but now it's saved over as the meteor man. But the meteor man. Ma- Judging oh, yeah. by the hole in the satellite picture. The ice we skate is getting pretty thin. Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. the ice we skate is getting pretty thin. Ooh, we should probably yeah. wrap up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Five stars. <laughs> All stars. <laughs> oh, you did it. Oh, you did it. Yes. And be sure to tune in next time. (laughs) Hey, now, that's a five star. What's that? Okay. Season desist. Got it. Mm, mm. And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. (laughs) Until then, remember to be kind and rewind.